Welcome to the Coach's Edge podcast dedicated to teaching, sharing, and learning the game. Thanks for joining me today. I'm your host, Steve Kramer, the Coach's Edge and of Kramer Basketball. And in this short breakdown, we're talking about how we can work on protecting the basketball, how we can work on handling pressure. I'm going to share with you some of my three concepts in various situations. Protect dribble stance, a face-up position handling pressure, one of my favorite ball pressure drills, 12-second drill, and then just some overall thoughts as far as handling pressure, whether it's a zone type of press, whether it's 1-3-1, 1-2-2, and you're trying to figure out uh, how to really be able to get that defense to contract or to rotate and take advantage of teams that are pressuring you. If you find it beneficial, please share it out. Uh, Subscribe, rate, review goes a really long way. And if you have questions about anything that, that we're offering with Kramer Basketball, with the Coach's Edge, with our upcoming camps and clinics, be sure to reach out, contact at KramerBasketball.com. Thanks for listening, and we hope you guys have a great season. Welcome. Today we're talking about attacking pressure, different ways that we can do it, how we can handle pressure better off of the dribble, off the catch from an individual skill standpoint. If you're a player, you can really separate yourself from everybody else because you're comfortable in those pressure positions, handling great defense. And as a program, if you can apply pressure defensively, you can handle pressure offensively, you can be tough to stop. Now, it's funny because in the off season, I spent so much time working with players and teams on being able to handle pressure, handle pressure, handle pressure. And then during the season with the coaches that I work with, I find myself encouraging them to apply more pressure, apply more pressure, apply more pressure, because there's so many teams out there that can't handle it. They can't handle the heat. And so to be able to apply that defensively and handle offensively can really set you apart as a program. Now, I hope in this podcast, and if you're watching on YouTube, appreciate you. I know it's after Christmas. I found this Christmas basketball sweatshirt, and I think it's just going to become more of my normal attire, even though it's not Christmas time anymore. I like the basketball Christmas sweatshirt so much side tangent. So as we go through this, if you have questions on it, I do have some video that I can send you. So just reach out to me, contact at KramerBasketball.com. Happy to send you some video of what some of these actually look like. Um, But I'm pretty sure that you're going to get the point listening to this audio version or, or watching on YouTube. So number one, if we're handling the basketball against pressure, there's some main keys that I want you to think about. And we're breaking these down into threes. I think threes are easy for us to remember three basic reads. If you're in a protect dribble position against tight defense, when I say tight defense, it's basically body to body or close to it. And if you're in a protect dribble position, I'm thinking it's defender body basketball in a protect position, meaning your shoulder is more so to the defensive player's chest, not facing them up. So there's a couple of things we think about before we get into the reads that I really want our players to be able to copy and understand is if I'm bringing the basketball up and it's, it's body to body defense, there's some contact. I have my shoulder essentially to the defensive player's chest. I want to make sure my feet are wider than shoulder width. So I have a base. I can take some bumps. I can give some bumps as well. I'm bumping with my, my thigh, my hip, my shoulder, I'm not extending with my forearm, but I I can keep that kind of arm bar close. 
and then my dribble, this is a big one, my dribble happens outside my frame. So it truly is defender, body, basketball. And as a lot of players handle the basketball against pressure, what I see is it's defender, body. The body might be in a great position, but they're dribbling the ball more so in front of their frame, which really makes it easy for a quick player or one with long arms to poke the basketball out right away. So what I'm saying is if I have my defender on my left shoulder and I'm dribbling outside of my right shoulder, they truly have to go all the way around my body to get to the basketball. And by that time, it's easier for me to make one of these dribble reads that I'm talking about. Read number one, if you're bringing the basketball up in this type of situation, you're using essentially a slide dribble or a crab dribble as you're walking the defensive player down and you feel the defensive player is more so back hip. So your shoulder to chest, but they're either leaning or reaching back hip behind your body. That's telling you that you can front hip turn and punch that dribble through to go. Now you can feel this based on their pressure. You can feel and see this based on if they're reaching behind. And you can also read this based on the stance of their feet. If I have the basketball in my right hand and I see that as they're guarding me, their right foot is somewhat back and behind me, that's telling me that their left foot is probably dropped a little bit and I can front hip turn and push the basketball through and go. Now with that in mind, once we turn our hips and punch that basketball, right? We don't want to dribble straight up and down because that's where good defenders pop the basketball out from behind you. And then it's a, a touchdown going the other way. Once we front hip turn and punch that dribble, we really want to concentrate on veering back in front of the defender. That'll create a five on four, a three on two, a four on three, whatever it is, because we're doing a, a good job of severing or cutting off that defender's line before they can cut us back off, really initiating contact using our body. And then from there, we can slow up, we can change direction, we can do a variety of things. That's read number one, front hip turn. Read number two is your back dribble. So you take a dribble or two, you're, you're bodying them in, and then we bounce back. And as we bounce back with our back dribble, if we create enough space, that's when we can face them back up. Now I'm square to my defender. I'm, I'm looking downhill. That'll increase my opportunities to make good passes. That will allow me to be able to tack this mini closeout. If they're coming at me, I can go. They go to the ball. I can change direction and get to the other side. And then again, once I do that, and if I get the defender on my hip, I want to veer back in front and cut off their line to create an advantage for our team. And then the third main read that we want to work on is our spin. And the spin is a great move, but it's also one of the most misused moves. I also think majority of kids don't have a real spin master, right? And so that's why defensively, if I, yeah, I'm thinking if I'm guarding somebody and if I can get them to spin a lot, I'm probably in a good position. And if I'm a coach, I'm thinking, man, if we can get uh, the point guard from the other team really trying to spin, spin, spin up the court. Now they're in trouble. And I remember when I was coaching at USA and if at any point we were applying some pressure in the backcourt and we see that defender had the tendency to spin, 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 that was telling us, okay, we're going to start sending the, the weak side over to trap. So when they're spinning, we got a defender so player who's coming to meet them. They lose vision a little bit during that spin. Now we're doubling. Sometimes we can get some easy turnovers for layups because we got a spinner. So with that in mind, when do we spin? 
if I feel the defensive player is reaching in front or their front hip, if I'm bringing the basketball up body to body and I start to see that if I have the basketball in my right hand, the left foot of that defensive player is starting to angle up towards me, the front of my body, that's telling me they're going for that steal, they're reaching, they're out of position. If I can spin, place the basketball with about a three quarter drop, not a full turn all the way around because that's where the defender's gonna be. But if I can turn, drop the basketball, and now I'm switching hands. And again, I'm veering back in front of the defender. That's gonna give me a great opportunity to leave them in the dust. And now it's a five on four, four on three, everything that we've talked about already. Again, if this is hard to visualize, let me know. I can send you some video, but there's just too many good things in here to, to not record some of the series. Now, how we break this down is this is all broken down. This is all broken down in progressions, right? So we've looked at the whole, we've looked at the situation. Maybe we watched some game film. We've, we've shown it with a body to our, our players in practice or in a workout. And now it's time to get some of these reps in. So a lot of times it's just, okay, right hand down, left hand back, no defense, working on the front hip turn. All right, right hand down, left hand back, working on the back dribble, working on the spin. Maybe you do it a couple times. Okay, now let's throw a body in there, a defensive player, so they can feel that contact in that situation where the defensive player is back hip, and so they know that's when we front hip turn and go. They can feel when that defender is reaching in front, giving them the cue, okay, this is a spin situation. They can feel when it's a back dribble where the defender's doing a nice job. They're pretty square to us. They're not giving us an angle to attack forward. That's okay. I'm going to bump them a little bit, try to get them back on their heel, and I'm bounce back, and then I'm going to square back up. I can pass. I can attack. We can attack a closeout, see what we have to work with. After we put some bodies in there, now we'll make it a little more randomized. Not live, but when we partner up and go – really just sideline to sideline or even volleyball line to volleyball line is, is plenty. What we'll do is, okay, here's your partner. we got the defensive player guarding the basketball. Offensive player is bringing the basketball, again, defender body basketball position, more so protect dribble, bringing the basketball down. And then we let the defender decide what they're going to do. They're going to come front hip. They're going to go back hip. They're going to stay square. And it's up to the offensive player to make the correct read and then play the game. And this is where we start to see some mistakes, right? Because they're, they're not pre-programmed. They just got to play the game off of the options that we've given them. And after that, then we're going, then we're going live, right? So we've gone one on oh, we've gone against the body, we've gone against some, some guided practice, and now we're, we're going live, bringing the basketball up. And throughout all this, we're reminding our players, you don't have to do it on your own. A lot of times against pressure, against traps, the dribble is utilized to draw two defenders. Then we make the pass and now we start picking them apart. And I think that in my opinion, again, this is just my humble opinion. Um, I'm not saying I got it all mastered, but when teams are trapping and applying a lot of pressure, I really think the dribble to draw two defenders is what opens up the passing to beat the rest of the defense. And oftentimes from what I've seen is, We'll just try to beat it only with the pass. And that's a lot of times of what the other opponent has practiced against and where those passes are going to happen. And so they're, they're kind of seeing it. But if we can start to use our dribble to draw multiple defenders, have them suck in, have them rotate, 
And then we start to sprinkle those passes around. Now we, we get them rotating and closing out in very difficult angles and positions. And that's when the pass is even more effective. Now, the next thing that I wanna break down with our three main reads is if you are being pressured full court or close to full court, but you're in a position where you're facing your defensive player, your shoulder's not turned anymore. They're giving you a little bit of space, but you can't just keep dribbling forward. They're going to take the basketball. That's where they are. There's a couple of things that we can try to, to do. One, if I have some space, maybe five feet or so like that, I'm going to take a test dribble at my defensive player and see what they do. If I take a test dribble, so I'm dribble straight forward, I'm not going right, I'm not going left. I'm essentially picking your right or your left hip, and I'm taking a dribble there, straight, not at an angle. I'm going to see what you do. And if you start to backpedal, I'm hitting the gas and I'm trying to straight line drive. I know I can dribble faster forward than you can run backward. I'm going to have you turn your hips. You got to try to, to cut me off. And again, we always talk about the veer. Can you veer back in front of the defensive player to create an advantage? That's really good for us. So if, if we can hit the gas, if they're in a backpedal, that's really good. If I can pick that same spot, so number two, if I can pick that spot, so say I'm attacking just outside of their left hip, for example, so I'll be I'm driving it with my right hand, and that defensive player starts to slide, okay, that's when I really need to work on cutback situations. Are you comfortable handling the basketball enough that you can drive it, feel that, and see that defender cutting off and quickly get into a crossover of between the legs? These a lot of times are, are, are tight moves. And then we're taking off and again, trying to veer back in front of our defensive player. This is skill development. This is having the handles that, that you can be able to make your initial move. The defensive player counters with it and you're ready. You have the ability to, to cut back and go when you see that timing, that space and that location of the defensive player. Now, if there's more space, you can cross over. If it's tighter, you can go behind the back. If it's tighter than I'm sorry, you can cross. If there's a little less space, you can go between legs. And if there's even less space than that, then we can go behind the back. But those are also my progressions as far as <clears throat> changing direction. And we've already talked about the spin. So number one, I can hit the gas and go forward. They backpedal, I take off. I take that test dribble at them. Number two, they slide, quick cut back dribble, and then we're taking off. Those two reads will take care of most situations handling the basketball against pressure. And again, you don't have to be the hero. Get it up, get it up the court. Somebody rotates, you make the pass, you get it past half court, settle back down, slow it down, run your offense, no rush. Just because you hit the gas doesn't mean you need to keep playing fast. The game is all about changing our speeds and dictating the tempo of the game. So now let's say you're playing against elite length or quickness. Couple things that we can do here. And this was a little bit of my story, especially when I was starting to play overseas because I was, I went from being fast in high school. I actually kind of got more athletic and developed uh, as a college player. So even though the, the level was up, I also like went, went up quite a bit. So I was pretty fast and quick there. Then I went overseas and it was like, all right, small fish, big pond. Like we got to figure some things out here. And so from there, being able to understand somebody's quickness, understand that they have the ability to beat me to the spot as it is. They're just that quick compared to me. I got to know that in my mind. 
And so instead of going tighter to a defensive player, right hand dribble, let's say it's their left hip, and then getting into that quick cutback, they're so quick or big that they're going to be able to beat my spot one and recover to beat my spot two. Now I know this. So now can I pick a spot that is one or two slides out of their actual defensive position? Can I get that defensive player moving, knowing they're going to beat me to spot because they're that athletic? Now I'm using their quickness against them. I'm using their momentum to go from their position, sliding to their left, beating me to the spot, which I know they're quick enough to do. And then that's when I get into my cutback to drive. You can do this by going forward more of a straight line. You can do this by using our, our drift dribbles, right? Where we're, we're essentially using a, a, a shuffle as we dribble laterally. And this can be used not only against quicker players, but it can be used against bigger players. So let's say I'm about 6'3", right? Let's say I'm playing somebody who's 6'6", or 6'7". Now they might not be quicker than me, but their stance and their arms and everything is much longer. They're covering up more space than I am. So if I can pick that spot that's so tight to their body, they're so big, they're already there. But if I can start to drift and take an angle where they actually have to move and get there, well, now if I drift there and they haven't slid yet, now I'm just going forward, right? And if they beat me to the spot, that's when we cut back. We've already talked about that to get into our drive. Again, I know this can be difficult to read just from an audio standpoint, but if you've been to all of our camps, this is some of our main basketball stuff that we teach. So this will be a good compliment to some of the stuff and review for you. And if you're curious about it, we do have some video. I'd be happy to send over a few of the drills that, that we do. So those are off the dribble handling pressure. Handling pressure from protect dribble stance, handing uh, pressure from a face-up dribble position. Now, there's a pivoting drill that I recommend using. You have how much time at the high school level before you get called for five seconds? 4.9, right? So if we just take this down to about four seconds and you do a drill with your team, they partner up, say, hey, we're going to bump, we're going to foul, we're going to be physical a little bit, nothing crazy. And offensively, all you have to work on is being able to pivot to high rip, to low rip, changing the locations of the basketball, be able to get into contact, be able to create space. And you're going to do that and you can't dribble, but you need to do that for four seconds. You need to keep your chin up. And then after four seconds is up, you're yelling switch. And now I'm trying to hold my space. My defender's still playing defense, still fouling, still bumping me. And I'm going to dribble and I'm going to handle the basketball in this tight location for four seconds without turning the basketball over. They do steal it. I encourage our players steal it, give it right back to them. And they got to keep handling, keep, keep working on their ball skills. Again, four seconds goes by, you yell switch. Offensive player picks the basketball back up. And now they have another four seconds that they're working on pivoting. They're working on ripping. They're working on a forward pivot, a reverse pivot, a back pivot handling pressure. They do this for 12 seconds. And then you reset. Defense player goes to offense. Offense player goes to defense. And we, we perform this series as needed. Now, the pivots that I like to use in this situation, there's three. 
Again, a lot of, a lot of things of three with this podcast. You got your forward pivot, which in my mind is being able to turn your body so your shoulder is essentially to their chest. Again, feet wider than shoulder width, good wide base, chin on my shoulder. I can see the court, right? Now protecting the basketball. And again, as I'm holding it, defender body basketball position, right? So if my right shoulder's in, that, that basketball might be towards my left shoulder, left hip, back behind by my left knee, right? You got your reverse pivot, right? When I think of reverse pivot, I'm thinking often this is kind of like your 180 or you're opening the door with your position as you, as you reverse pivot. Again, this is more so a shoulder to chest defensive position. And again, we're working on also moving the basketball to different locations. And a lot of times what I tell our kids is if you have space, you can keep it tight in that belly button area. It's a great spot to pass, drive and shoot. But if that defender is really tight, you're going to have to make some decisions on if you need to keep that basketball higher towards your shoulders or lower towards your knees and your ankles. And as players start to hold the basketball, you can see who's comfortable or not a lot of times by how they hold the basketball. Some players I've seen, they'll hold it in their elbows or almost straight down next to their body, next to their frame. That's a weak position. It's easy to knock the basketball out. You see other players who are totally out with their elbows, right? And if you start swinging those, that's going to be an offensive foul, right? And at some point, uh, official could even call a, a, a technical on you for swinging your elbows like that right? Whether it's intentional or not. And so just think when you're holding the basketball, make more so of like an arrow shape, right? Or a, a triangle type shape with those elbows. So you're still strong. You're still ripping the basketball. It's easy to move in all these different locations, but we're, we're pretty good with having both width and strength, but not so much that we're really swinging our elbows around. The next pivot that I'm talking about is your back pivot, right? So we talked about our forward pivot, which in my mind is more of a turn. Reverse pivot, same thing. We're, we're going with more of a turn backwards. And then the back pivot is, to me, again, I'm not saying this is the, the best terminology. This is the terminology I use myself and our, our players. So you got the basketball. I'm still facing forward, right? But I'm literally just pivoting back. So if I have a left foot pivot, my right foot is the one that can move. I'm facing my defender but I'm stepping back to create some space with my right foot. I can take that basketball. I can kind of pocket it back by my hip. If the defender is a little more towards my left shoulder and vice versa, as I'm using my pivot that allows me to still look forward and see where the next pass is going to be. If I have a live dribble, I'm forward already. That makes me a little bit quicker to put it on the deck and, and make a move. So we work on the forward pivot, the reverse pivot and the back pivot in this series of this 12 second drill, right? Of handling pressure off the pivot, handling pressure off the dribble, handling pressure off of the pickup once again. So those are the three main drills. And I have one more thing I wanna talk about with traps real quick before I let you guys go. But we've talked about handling pressure off of protect position, talked about handling and attacking pressure off of a face up position. These are both off the bounce. We talked about a uh, way we can handle pressure, especially using three different pivots off of the catch, right? Four seconds is a long time, right? So we don't want to panic. And a lot of times, if you have multiple players on your team that are going to panic, that they're not going to turn the basketball over, they can be calm within those four seconds. Something's going to open up. Somebody's going to be open. They're going to make that pass. 
but the only way we're really going to get better at it, we got to drill it. You got to practice it in it. And during the year, you got to go live with it uh, to really get a game like feel as you go throughout the course of the season. And then, as I mentioned in the beginning, during the season with a lot of the programs that I consult with, there's so much where I'm trying to get our teams to like, Hey, let's be aggressive. Cause I'm looking at a lot of the opponents and I'm saying they can't handle it. They can't handle the heat or they don't have multiple players that can really handle the heat. And if they can, they're a really good team and you need to make some adjustments against them. But for the most part, so many programs don't have multiple ball handlers to handle pressure. You get it out of that one player's hands. Now it's over, right? They're in trouble. Um, with that in mind, if you are one of those teams and you're thinking about how we can better handle different traps, maybe it's a one-two-two half-court trap, maybe it's a one-three-one half-court trap, and you're struggling a little bit, but you feel like you're doing the right things. Okay, we're past the basketball back and forth, get to defense to rotate. We have a spot in the middle, and so we're trying to get it to the middle, and then that player pivots, and then they're looking down the court, and you got it all set up, great. I'm not telling you what to do. You probably have the perfect plan already in place. Draw two defenders first. Draw two defenders at some point using the dribble, driving a gap, getting the defense to, to suck in, to have to start their rotation, knowing that I'm not taking this dribble to beat this press. I'm not taking this dribble to beat this trap. I'm not even taking this dribble with the plan on taking two more dribbles. But I'm taking this dribble because I know I'm going to draw two defenders inside a gap, and then that's going to open up a better passing angle for me to get the basketball across, to get the basketball to the middle, to me to get the basketball downhill. That's going to help my team. And then the last thing that I will say when it comes to handling pressure and handling some traps is, can you get your best ball handler to catch the basketball on the move? Right. This is going way back into one of my favorite players of all time, Steve Nash, Steve Nash, he had when he caught even an outlet pass, when he caught an inbounds pass, he never stood there, caught it on the wing and then went. He was catching it on the move. If we can get our best ball handlers to flash through the middle, especially, and they're catching the basketball on the move, really good things are going to happen. Got, got the ball in the middle. They're already on the move. So they have some type of momentum and advantage. And if they're the player that can handle the basketball, defensive players already on the run, we have an advantage by getting the basketball in their hands. You can do this by a simple cut, a little brush screen. It's maybe taking that dribble where they're drawing two, they get rid of it, and then they cut through, and now they're in the, the position to attack. I just see a little too much press breaks where somebody's in the middle, good, but they're kind of stationary. And a lot of times when they catch it, they're not even facing the basket, so they kind of have to pivot. And the, the defense can still rotate, even though you did a good thing by getting the basketball to the middle. hope that makes sense. So – those are my thoughts on handling pressure, some things that individual players can do, some things from a coaching standpoint you can do to improve your angles, to improve your opportunities, and to turn the basketball over less and to do some damage. And if you're thinking defensively, I'd be, I'd be applying more pressure probably. Maybe it's just my personality, but a lot of teams that I'm working with, they can apply some more pressure and I think do, do some really good things. Thanks for listening to this. I wish you guys the, the very best. Let me know if you need anything, you want to clip any of these drills, and we'll get them out to you. Peace. Thank you for listening to this short episode on handling pressure, attacking pressure, uh, especially from an individual skill standpoint. These are things we can do in season. We can work on these things 
off season as well. I think it's great for us in the off season, but there's no reason why we can't work on some of these partner type drills, handling pressure. That's only gonna make your team better, make your team more comfortable when they're in those situations in a game. And let's be honest, if it's a close game and you're up, you're gonna get pressure. If it's a close game and you're down, you're gonna be the team that is applying pressure. We can practice both of those things doing drills like this. So thank you for listening. Appreciate you taking the time. I know there's a lot of things. It's a busy time of year for all of our high school coaches and college coaches that, that listen to Coach's Edge. I appreciate it. If you find it beneficial, subscribe, rate, review. That goes a really long way. Thanks for listening and get after it today.